Welcome back to yet another episode of Throwing Hands as we uh, review, uh, well, three fights from Fight Night, uh, Rosenstreich versus Gone. Guys, how you doing? Doing great. Glad to be back. Missed a couple episodes last week, but uh, happy to be back on the show. Yeah, happy to be back. Missed, missed a few as well. And uh, excited to talk some mixed martial arts. All right. So we're going to review three fights. Uh, Throwing hands alum, Kevin Kroom going up against Alex Caceres. This was Kevin Kroom's second fight in the UFC. And this was, I think he bit off more than he could chew against the very experienced Alex Caceres, who's having a little bit of a resurgence in his career. Kroom, one of 16 on takedowns. Got to admire the, the, the tenacity. But with that comes cost. And he was gassed out by the third round what were your thoughts on this one we'll start with you breck yeah uh like you said the takedowns crew was gassed i mean uh he was wobbled a few times from on the feet too from some uh strikes from caceres but um you gotta respect the 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 attempts it was pretty wild and he just kept he kept walking forward into shots you're like oh he's gonna go down oh he's gonna go down but then he would just go down for the takedown to avoid the uh the knockout but um, you got to give your hat, you know, props to Caceres for uh, fighting a really good fight. What about you, Daniel? Uh, you keep the UFC keeps giving like keeps giving these prospects to Alex Caceres, expecting him to like roll over and like get himself cut from the roster, and he just keeps beating them. Like I, I don't know, I don't know honestly why he's not being uh, provided with more opportunities at this point because you know Kevin Kroom a talented guy coming up, but still you look at, uh, you look at the, the history over the last few fights for, for Alex Caceres and uh, he beats his last four fights. He's all one Steven Peterson, Chase Hooper, Austin Springer, Kevin Kroom. They're, they're throwing guys at him that are not experienced. And I think expecting them to one, have a star making performance against him or two, beat him up so badly that they have an excuse to cut him. And now he's won four fights in a row and you can't cut a guy on a four fight win streak, especially uh, when he's beating guys that you have plans for. So I don't necessarily know why we're not seeing a step up for Alex Caceres. It doesn't really make sense to me at this point. Yeah. And speaking of step up, I think what's next for Alex Caceres, I think they need to start looking at a top 15 opponent maybe because I mean, four in a row that says something. I don't care who it is in the UFC. Uh, what, what, what do you think, Daniel? I think I agree with you there. He needs to step up, obviously, if if what I just said uh, didn't cover that. I think uh, top 15 maybe, but definitely uh, a step up from what he's getting now because he's clearly proven that he's a step above the, the competition that he's been put up against. And what about you, Breck? Yeah, I, I, I echo what Dan said. Um, you know, maybe give him one of those 13 through 15 matchups and uh, see what he can do against a higher-ranked opponent. 
Yeah, I'm not going to even add anything to that. All right, to what made the card, Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera. This fight, probably fight of the year so far, in my opinion. Uh, this was just awesome seeing Pedro Munoz, man, bringing, bringing the heat on uh, Jimmy Rivera's calf. Um, it, was a, it was a very impressive performance by Munoz, and Jimmy Rivera kept throwing heat when he was getting beat up. It was pretty impressive. What were your thoughts on this one, Daniel? Uh, yeah, a uh, really strong performance uh, here for Pedro Munoz. And really, uh, I mean, I think the the only fight that really jumped out and was like, hey, that was a great fight. And, you know, these are two guys that uh, have been competing at a high level for a while now. But, I mean, Munoz stepped up when he needed to and uh, has really, really made himself legit as far as future contention goes, in my opinion. And Breck? Yeah, this was um, this was definitely fight of the night for me. Um it was a stand and bang type fight. And, uh, you know, Munoz in the early rounds, Rivera looked like he had the faster hands. And then once Munoz started implementing that calf kick, I mean, it was, it was devastating to Rivera and it, and it changed, you know, it turned the tides of the fight in Munoz's favor. And, um, he looked sensational and, you know, it's it, the feints he was throwing. I mean, you know, unbelievable. All right. So, for what's next for these guys, Jimmy Rivera, I mean, he's. I think he's still going to get a high-ranked opponent. I think he should get the winner of Kenny versus Cruz. I think that's a great matchup to make. Uh, what do you think's next for uh, Jimmy Rivera? We'll start with you, Breck. Um, Rivera, yeah, I, I agree. Um, maybe, yeah, like the either the loser of um, Cruz or Case, uh, Cruz Casey or somebody lower. Maybe, um, maybe um, Mareb. Uh, I can't say his last name. Dwash really? Yeah, Dwash really. Um, but for Munoz, you got to think he jumps um, pretty like pretty high up there in the rankings because Edgar with coming off a loss, and then you got to think like Garbrandt and Aldo are rumored to fight, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the winner of that fight. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Munoz is is climbing the rankings here. What what would you think of uh, Munoz Dillashaw? That would be an interesting one. Um, I would like to see it. You know, I'm I'm kind of sick and tired of all this. Dillashaw should fight for a title in his first shot back talk. It's a little ridiculous in my mind, but um, I would I would like that. I mean, Munoz Munoz is a is a good fighter. I mean, him his fight against Garbrandt. I mean, if they ran it back with Cody Garbrandt, uh, that'd be a fun you know sequel. What about you, Daniel? What do you think's next for uh, uh, these two guys? Uh, to be honest, I'm really going to echo what Breck said. There's a lot of different directions you can go with Munoz at this point. I don't think there's really a bad one. It's just a matter of what the UFC sees right away and really what Pedro Munoz's camp wants next. And then Rivera, I think you take a little bit of a step down, reassess. Uh, the the result of the Cruz-Kenny matchup is obviously going to be very important in that as well. All right. To the main event of the evening. Um Shed cooler, as Dan Stepp would say. It was quite boring. Um, Zero gone, landing 102. I didn't. It didn't seem like he landed that many strikes, to be honest. But I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me, but Zero gone kind of looked like Darren Till out there when he was striking a bit. I don't know. I, I saw a couple things about that, like that, on Twitter. What do you guys do? You guys agree with that, or what were your thoughts on this? I mean, Zero gone. Go ahead. You go. You go. 
Okay. Uh, I, I just thought Cyril Gunn looked, looked really clinical out there. I mean, uh, he was going in there against a guy in Rosenstreich that is going to try to knock him out and is is really going to come right after him. And Gunn's got the background uh, with his kickboxing to where he can stay on the feet with somebody like uh, with uh, somebody like Rosenstreich and still be able to keep him at bay and not really just get into a slugfest. Uh, because of what he's been able to do with his Muay Thai. And I, I think that's what we really saw here. And it was a situation where you had one guy that was looking for a finish and one guy in, in gone who you could tell across five rounds was not only looking out for the end of this fight, but also looking out for his future, knowing that he could very easily sit there, you know, beat up Rosenstreich on points, win this fight by decision and probably be a top five contender in the heavyweight division and not have to do anything spectacular to get there and not have to more importantly, put himself in a position to get knocked out by your Zeno Rosenstrike. So I think that's what we really saw out of gone is how smart he is as a fighter, how, how quickly he was able to recognize what Rosenstrike was going to try to do in this fight and how to counter it and realize what advantage he had over Rosenstrike with their, with their respective abilities and spread that over, spread that out. I should say over five rounds. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of those strikes were, were Gon's jab. I mean, he was throwing a stinging jab all night. And, I mean, a lot of this fight was Rosenstrike respected Gon's speed too much, and then Gon respected Rosenstrike's power too much. So we just had a, you know, a stalemate almost in, in the middle of the octagon. And, I mean, Gon looked really good on the feet. And he's just – I see what you're saying, um, Jacob, about Darren Till, the way – because Darren Till moves really fast for a middleweight. And Gon moves particularly fast for a heavyweight. I mean, he looks like a middleweight out there, or even a light heavyweight. So, um, you know, this wasn't the most entertaining fight, but, I mean, you can't really blame Gon for just, uh, you know, uh, preserving the 50-45 win that he wound up uh, getting. Yeah, and I don't, I don't blame him either. And I know Dana White was critical of him, but I'm like, do you want to get knocked up by Rosenstreich? Let's be honest here. Oh, it takes I think- one, yeah like one swing and it's over from either of these guys. So I, I respect Gon's game plan. It was a very smart game plan going in there. Very te- It was a chess match and uh, Gon won the chess match. Um, and I think Rosenstreich was just being too patient. I think he should have just, he should have gone full bore in a couple of times and see if he yeah. could clip him, but that's just me. All right. So after th- a month of three straight light, uh, not light heavyweight, heavyweight main events, not three straight, three out of four main events of February. We're heavyweight main events. Things have cleared up now. We're with Stipe and Nganu, you know, in the balance. We know what's going to happen to the winner. They'll fight John Jones. Um, what do you think happens with the heavyweight division now that have, things have been so cleared up? We'll start with you, Breck. Um, like you said, winner gets Jones, um, loser of Nganu, Stipe. I would imagine get Derek Lewis for a number one contender fight. And then uh, guys who have recently won definitely deserve to move up. Like you look at Volkov definitely jumps up to blades position at three gone, probably moves up to four and, you know, those guys fall down. So it's, it's starting to, uh, you know, come more of a clear picture and, um, it'll be really interesting that number one, I think that's what will happen is that number one contender fight for the belt, Derek Lewis versus the loser of the upcoming heavyweight fight. 
What do you think, Daniel? I, I think some things have been settled, but enough new names have emerged to where it's not still particularly clear. Obviously, uh, Derek Lewis isn't a new name, but he's a new guy when it comes to, to being there in the title picture. Uh, Volkov, obviously, with, with him, how impressive his win was uh, against Overeem, is, is jumping right into the fray. And, and then Cyril Gaon, I mean, you can't not put him in the top five. He beat, a, he beat the number four guy in the rankings. Uh, Overeem's coming off of a loss. I think you see a situation where Volkov goes to four and Gaon goes to five, at least in the, in the UFC top 15 right now. Uh, the way that things go at this point, uh, I, I echo a lot of what Breck said. I think there's going to be a little bit of waiting around, obviously, because you've got John Jones coming up to this division. Uh, Derek Lewis gets the loser, uh, I think, of, of Ngannou and Stipe. And then from there, I think the fight that makes the most sense is gone versus Volkov. And then I don't want to call that a title eliminator because it, it, that's really not what it is. Uh, but whoever wins that obviously takes the next step towards contention. Uh, again, there's going to be a lot of a lot of moving pieces in, in the next few months for the UFC because obviously, ideally, you have you have Stipe and Ganu, and then the winner of that fights John Jones at some point in 2021, probably sooner rather than later. Uh, but uh, there's still a lot of moving pieces here, and just because some guys at the top of these rankings have lost doesn't necessarily mean that there's any fewer names in contention right now. Yeah. And I, I completely, I'm going to agree with all, all of what she said there. And, you know, you have Overeem coming out and you have some new guys coming in. Like you see Chris Dawkins, you know, he went from a no name five, six months ago to uh, I think a bona fide, um, a very nice prospect. And, you know, he's getting to that contender status very soon at number 10. I think we could, you know, now that things have cleared up, Derek Lewis won't fight over him. I don't think they want to make that fight. I don't think they want to kill over him. I think Dawkins over him is the fight to make. I think, I think, yes, it's a big step up for Chris Dawkins, but who doesn't want to see that fight? Two strikers going at it. I don't know. What, what do you think's next for these? And, and we're going to talk, let's talk about Tom Aspinall a little bit too. What do you think's next for these guys coming up now that things have shaken up? We'll start with you, Daniel. I think, I think Dawkins and Overeem is an interesting proposition. And I think if you're Chris Dawkins, it's a great way to make your name. If you can, if you can win back-to-back fights against, uh, against Alexi Olenek and Alistair Overeem, and if he can kind of, kind of start to make his name as like the legend killer of the, of the UFC heavyweight division. I mean that's that's just uh, a nickname and a and a future future identity waiting to happen. And that's a lot easier said than done. He obviously beat Olenek, and then if you match him up with Overeem, I think he would hold his own. I'm not sure entirely what the result would be there. You've still got guys at eight and nine, uh, like like Abdurakhimov and uh, and Augusto Sakai that I think would be really good opponents for. Uh, for somebody like an Aspinall, who I think is poised to jump into the top 15 very soon, I- I'm not sure that's the jump up in competition that I would necessarily want for him. I think you look at the back of that top 15, you've got Pavlovich and Ivanov, Tybura. I, I think that's more than le- more the speed of what we're going to see for Aspinall because uh, with with his track record uh, and, and with his ability, I don't think they're going to want to speed him up too much uh, just because of what they could potentially have in him. Obviously, if if you think he's ready, you, you put him in that position. But you're talking about a guy with 12 professional fights on his 
uh, on his record. Three of them have been in the UFC. So I think you're looking at a situation where both of those guys could potentially emerge as big future names in the division. In my opinion, I think Daukus is the one that gets that opportunity first. What do you think, Breck? Yeah, um, as far as Overeem, I, I don't know if he'll fight Daukus. I think he'll he'll either fight, you know, Sakai or um, uh, number eight. I can't, that last name's killing me. Um, but uh, I don't know if Daukus will get that much of a step up in competition right away. Like you might be, you might see Daukus, Walt Harris right away, or I just don't know if they're going to push those young guys right up into that upper echelon of guys. Like I could see Tom Aspinall fighting, you know, 13 through 15, like Tabura versus Aspinall would be an interesting matchup for me. I mean, Tabura, didn't he just um, come off? Didn't he beat Greg Hardy or is that? Yeah, I think he did beat Greg Hardy. He did. Yeah. It's like, um, that would be an interesting fight. Um, Pavlovich would also be interesting. I just, it's a little sometimes like sad to see like, you're like, oh, maybe Junior Dos Santos, but then you're like, I just don't want to see Junior Dos Santos get knocked out again you know, by a younger guy, young, fast guy. And it's like the same with Overeem. You're like, at this point, it's like the end is near. Just just don't take any more huge knockouts. But, you know, what are you going to do? I, I don't get how, you know, CC hasn't set in for Overeem yet. Just just the, the sheer amount of punishment he's taken over the over his – 23-year MMA career, like that. Kanuke is something out of a video game. Some guys are just genetic. Their genetic makeup, you know, they can take the punches and they're fine their whole life. And then some guys get knocked out, you know, twice in the FCT. So we we have no idea how that works, you know. It's 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 quite amazing. But this heavyweight division is a conundrum to say the least. All right, to news, opinions, discussion. What do you guys got? We are we are fast approaching UFC 259. Cannot wait, cannot wait. Uh, I, do you th- I wonder how? I hope no fights get cut because of COVID. I mean, we we got to pray to the MMA gods. Yeah, I know. It's I really was hoping to see um on this previous card Angela Hill versus uh Ashley Yoder. Is that it? Yoder. Yoder. Um, and that one got cut because of COVID. But, yeah, I hope you're right. I just hope we get this full card because it's one of the best cards in a long time. Yeah, it's it's something else. Um, uh, have you seen Paulo Costa's new excuse for why he got knocked out by Adesanya? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's – it's, it's, it's in the camp of um, Deontay Wilder, you know. It's like – Every yeah. month, something else comes out. You know, my chest piece I wore to the thing was too heavy. And then it's like, yeah. they, they put something in my drink. And then it's like... The gloves. The gloves. And then it's like, Paul Acosta's doing the same thing right now. Where it's like... Yeah, he... Uh, his new claim is that he was hung over during the fight because he drank an entire bottle of wine the night before trying to black out because he couldn't sleep. That's just... A lot of things don't add up there. Um, yeah, that just, uh, yeah. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't know what to say either, man. Like, that's just weird. Like, he, he's terrible with excuses. He uh, just seems yeah. like one of those fighters who, like, was the undefeated persona was so, like, it was so much of him. And then now that mm-hmm. he has a loss, it took, a, you know, a lot of that confidence is gone. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. There's something breaking here. 
Uh, this is from Shemaev's Instagram. I want to say thank you. Uh, uh, I want to say thank you all so much for supporting me in my journey in the sport. I think I'm done. Yes, I know I didn't take take the belt, but it's not the most important victory in this life. It may upset you, but my heart and body tell me everything. I want to thank you everything to my team, All Stars Jim Sweden, and I want to thank you UFC. Really? Whoa. That's interesting. Wow. That's uh, that's something. That's something. That must have COVID, been man. Yeah, there's like that um, that side effect where it affects certain people with that you know heart inflammation. I mean, he must have had it really bad. Yeah, apparently in the hospital, he said like he felt like he was gonna die or something like that. But yeah, dude. I don't know. I think he, I think he might retire now. Maybe I don't know. Don't you think he might take like years off, recover, and then maybe get the itch to come back? I mean, I, I can I, see it. I think he'll but he'll always have that tough. itch, but that's the thing. Like in terms of a prospect, have we seen a that good a prospect in a while? Like it's been a minute, man. That's he's like a, people are thinking belt after like two fights. I mean, yep. I mean, you could argue that Chris Docks is on the level of when it comes to prospects. It's just that he just hasn't gotten the attention. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know about the buzz around Shamayev. Even after one fight, was pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just so dominant. And then Mearshar, too, was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he beat beat Reese McKee, that uh, Cage Warriors champion. Yeah, man. That's so unfortunate. It's tough. It's tough. That's tough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, didn't didn't a couple days ago he say um, he wants to return in June? Yeah, I don't know. I'm it's not sure. sure. Off the top of my head. <sighs> Dang. Well, so, I read, too, that like, what happened with him, too, is, like, he never stopped training when he had it. And then when you're mm-hmm. breaking down your, you know, your body every day and training – it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, that's that's what that's the problem uh, Cody Garbrandt had. Yeah, yeah. And you know we haven't seen him in almost a year, so yeah, I mean this this is nothing to play around with. All right. Uh, Besides the championship fights at UFC 259, what's the fight you're most looking forward to? That's a good question. Want to take that one down? Uh, I'm trying to pull up the card right now, actually. So, Jacob, I think it would be best if you go first. All right, I'll go first. Although I am excited for this uh, Dominic Cruz-Casey Kenny fight. It's kind of awkward. Megan Anderson and Kenny are on the same card after that fiasco or whatnot. But this Santos-Rockage fight is going to be violent. <laughs> this, this fight's not getting out of the first round. We have two of the hardest uh, hitters in the, in the division going at it. I can't complain. But I think a fight that's flying under the radar is uh, Rodrigo uh, Bontorin versus Kai Car France. I think that's one that's flying under the radar. That's going to be a great fight. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be yeah. one. Um, on the early prelims, what's his name? Uh, Israel Adesanya's teammate is fighting uh, Olberg. That's one to look out for. That guy. Uh, that yeah, one, Nishuku. Yeah, that one. He looked good in his debut, uh, Olberg, and Izzy was in his corner, actually. But um, – if I had to pick one, I mean, it's Jan versus Sterling for me. You know, being from New York, I'm rooting for the uh, the Long Island guy and, and Sterling trains out here. So, 
um, that's the one for me. And I just, the matchup is so interesting. The the Muay Thai fighter versus this grappler, it's, it's going to be an interesting encounter. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the first one that came to mind for me uh, as well. But uh, there's another one on the uh, on the main card uh, that I thought that I think is going to be interesting. Really, uh, that I hadn't thought about a ton before today. But uh, there was a bunch of stuff that came out today. Some some quotes uh, from from some people that uh, obviously have some uh, some pretty good track record to them. Uh, Islam Makachev uh, versus Drew Dober. There's been a ton about Makachev uh, coming out today from from Cormier and and Khabib both, and um, basically what what Cormier uh, has has said is you know he's he thinks that uh, that Islam Makachev is is the next best chance to have somebody great to come out of AKA, and then. Uh, Habib, obviously, they're, they're teammates, but uh, he basically he basically said that uh, you know everybody talks about Dustin Poirier, Connor Chandler, Justin Oliveira, but he thinks by the end of the year that Makachev is going to be running the division at 155. So, I mean, that's really high praise for a guy that's number 14 in the division. But uh, you you get him against the top 15 guy Andrew Dober here, and I think if he's if he's dominant, which if, if you go by what what Cormier and Habib are saying he should be, uh, then I think you got a rocket strapped to his back. I uh, I mean if you also look at the 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 track record that these Dagestanis have uh, put on, I mean Umar Nurmagomedov is going to be I think he'll be a champion. I genuinely do. Watching his first fight in the UFC, I'm like this guy shoots so quick. And his wrestling is so on po- on point. There's these da- Breck. What was the stat that you brought up the other week? They about- have like, they have the like if you take all the Dagestani records, like the fighters that fight out of Dagestan, they win like seventy five percent of the time or eighty five percent of the time. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, and another fight that's going on, going under the radar is is uh, Benavides Askarov. Like that's gonna be a great fight as well. I mean, I can't wait to get into this. I think I think we're gonna have to go prelims and main card uh, for the for the preview. Might yeah, the, co- the, the prelims for two fifty nine are probably gonna be better than the card that we just reviewed. If you really think about, it. like this could be I a so, yeah. this could be a real fight night card. The prelims. Yeah, it's a fight night card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna get that bad of a card again. I mean, I versus Calvillo was better than this past this past card. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, the UFC, like, I would say, like, what would you guys say? Like, the, the cards have been great for, like, months. There hasn't been a, a, you know, like a stinker in there for a while. And this was the first one in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, I mean, Daniel it's, it's I, hard to pick out a miss since yeah. they came back from COVID shutdown. Yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, really. And, you know, when we talked about the uh, Ivers Calvillo fight, like, uh, card, it was a great fight. I mean, great. It was a great fight, and it was a great. It was actually a really good card. It was just there weren't too many names on it, but there were some names on this last card, and it just didn't live up to anything, unfortunately. So that's a problem. But I don't think we'll see that in a while. Um. Oh, uh, Masvidal says that the bout with Usman is set for August or September. Why? 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 None of us want to see that fight. I want to see that fight. Um, he's gonna get. He's probably gonna. He'll get fifty forty five again, probably. But um, I hope so. 
uh, I don't believe that that uh, fight is really set for September. I think Masvidal is just putting that out there to put pressure on the UFC to like make the fight. But it really doesn't make that much sense coming off the no. loss. Like, like we don't like Masvidal has to get a few wins before he gets a shot back at the belt. I mean, it's kind of unfair to like, like Wonderboy, like Stephen Thompson should be the guy fighting for the belt next. You really, who else in the division besides Colby maybe deserves a shot at Uzma, the guy who hasn't fought him yet, and that's that's Wonderboy. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about this last week because we weren't around last week. Andraj Shevchenko, April oh, yeah. at 261. This fight is going to be amazing. There's no way this can't be a good fight. I can't see it not being a good fight. This is just going to be violence. And this fight's ending by the second round. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, what's your uh, quick thoughts on this matchup? We'll start with you, Daniel. Somebody's getting put down. And. I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be Jessica Andrade because Valentina Shevchenko is at another level. But uh, I think this is going to be a great fight. I think it's going to be as good of a challenge as Shevchenko's had in a while. And uh, I think, I mean, that's good for for women's MMA. It's good for, for the women's division to the UFC because Shevchenko and Nunez have been so dominant for so long that uh, you you need competition. And I think that's exactly what you're going to get here. Yeah, I... um. I agree. I think Shevchenko wins. But if you look in Shevchenko's last fight, she lost a round and everybody freaked out. Like, oh, my God, she lost a round. That's how good she is. To um, who she lose? Who'd she, Maya. Uh, Maya. Um, and Maya mostly did that through wrestling and just kept her down. And maybe, you know, Andrade can go to the well of, you know, takedowns and wrestling. But then again, I mean, on the feet, how are you going to beat Shevchenko? She's just too good. So, let's say uh, Nunez and Shevchenko win their next fights. Is the belt for 135 at grass between the two of them? I mean, that's the super fight. That would make a lot of money in the UFC's yeah. eyes. It would make a lot of sense. They did fight. Didn't Shevchenko beat Nunez early back in the day? No, it was a very close decision. Split decision. Split, Split decision. decision. They fought twice, actually. Twice, yeah. And uh, they've, both, they've both been decision losses for uh, Shevchenko. One unanimous, one split for Nunez. Hmm. So I mean, that would be the super fight. That would be the, the you know, in the eyes yeah. of the matchmakers, the one that makes the most money. So I don't, th- I see both of them winning because I don't know how you guys feel. I don't. Nunez is not losing anytime soon. To no, not at all. <laughs> you know, what? What aren't the odds of Megan Anderson <laughs> beating? Amanda Nunes like plus a thousand or something like that. I'm I'm pulling up the Vegas odds right yeah, now. I've got the DraftKings app on my phone. I, I, I feel if like they're, they're not just, good. I'll tell you that. I, I feel like they're just feeding Megan Anderson to the to the to the wolf. <laughs> Nunes needs a fight. That's it. That's that's literally the only reason this is happening. We just got to bring Cejudo in next time. Uh, the odds on that fight. Uh, Nunez minus twelve fifty, Anderson plus seven fifty. <laughs> so you gotta bet a lot of money on Nunez to to really profit much. And if you bet on Megan Anderson and and she wins, you're in great shape. But you're just losing money if you bet right, if you bet on Megan money. Anderson. The odds the odds for Jan and Sterling is even. They're both minus one ten. I I kind of agree with that. Like 
Do you guys are you guys leaning one way? Like it's so- I'm I'm not personally. No. I was watching um I forget what it was, a preview of Nunez Anderson and one of her teammates was like, Oh, Megan's built like a man. She hits like a man. I'm like, Nunez hits like a fire truck we, uh, barreling down the main drag. Yep. Like <laughs> there's no, I don't care what your build is. You're not beating her. There's the build has nothing to do with this. Yeah, she, she's going to lose. She is big for her weight class, but um, yeah, it's just what path to victory. Like I, I can't really think of a path to victory because on the feet, you're not going to beat Nunez. And on the ground is, I'm pretty sure she's a black belt in jujitsu. So I like, yeah, I just like don't. she's just she's just gonna have to catch Nunez coming in at some point, which is so unlikely. That so unlikely, yeah. She, she's I think Nunez is just gonna be too fast when it when yeah. it comes to getting in in the pocket. Like she's just gonna get in there, and get out. It's not. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's not. How long do you guys see it going? We'll talk about this Thursday, of course, but I, it's not getting out of the first round. I don't think. I'd say second round. Uh, yeah, I, I, somewhere within the first two, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Um, sac- she's Megan Anderson is going to be a sacrifice to the mixed martial arts gods, and then she'll go to PFL and fight Kayla Harrison at 155. That's my prediction. But anyway, um, there's something else I wanted to bring up, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, right. So I think within the past time we've been here, um, Prashaska and uh, Reyes have been rescheduled for May 1st, I believe. This is a banger. And I can't – what do you think Prashaska's uh, ceiling is? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you would say title. but I mean, I, I definitely think he could be a top five guy. I mean, um, whenever Reyes gets him there, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for anybody to uh, – to beat whoever, you know, wins the Izzy Blahovich fight, whoever, like, whoever wins that fight is going to hold that light heavyweight belt, in my opinion, for a good while. But um, it's interesting. I, I think I think Prashaska will become the champion in the next three years. I can see it. He's pretty young, right? Yeah. He like yeah. 30s. He's, uh, he's 27. 27 he's 27. Yeah. That's young. yeah he's, he's given us no reason to, to believe he won't reach that point which i mean he, he's fought once and they ranked him at number five which i mean we were looking at guys who have gotten as much hype as prospects as as shamayev did there's your guy right there with prochaska because i mean uh, he uh, given he fought at a pretty high level outside the ufc but still rising isn't exactly what it used to be and he still dominated there and then beat a legit guy in ozdemir so yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a guy in in the light heavyweight division that's going to be the quote-unquote future beyond what's there now, I, I, I can't look past Prochaska, in my opinion. Yeah, didn't didn't Prochaska and uh, – oh, Prochaska's 28, rather. Ooh, so wrong. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought Prochaska and uh, Shamaya fought on the same night, but they didn't. But anyway. Yeah, UFC.com says he's 27 and Sherdog says he's 28. So. I think I'm gonna start shying away from Sure Dog, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly. Tr- I don't exactly trust yeah. Sure Dog. But um, what else is there? Nothing much. See, what, uh, Topology also says 28. So 
Moreno too got one. Goes majority. Oh yes, isn't that in June? Yeah, June. Dude, I, I know uh, Figueroa was in the hospital the night before. Yeah. So we'll see what happens to Brandon, Brandon to Moreno when, uh, you know, we have a, a healthy Davis and Figueroa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, he he was there fight night. He looked healthy. It was great. It was a great fight. Fight of the year, potentially. Yeah. All right. How long do you think Figueredo holds the belt? I don't know, man. I like – it's tough to it... – Moreno, like, found a lot of success late in that fight, and I wonder if in the rematch he makes adjustments that maybe get him the win. I know that sounds crazy, but Moreno just, like, looks so good towards the end of that fight. Yeah, I mean, I think he holds it for another two, three years, to be honest. I don't think there's really anybody in this division unless they get somebody from the Contender Series. that we'll see, shoots. baby. Henry Cejudo coming back. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I, I want to. If, if Cejudo comes back, I want to see him fight for the featherweight belt. Yeah, if Cejudo comes back, it has to be for quadruple C. Yeah. Otherwise, nothing. Yeah. Can you imagine just the Quadruple crap, C or bust. The crap shoot that... Triple, if Triple C wins the featherweight belt, which I think he can if he comes back, I genuinely think he can. But because he's about he's the same height as Volk, but that's just terrifying. Like, like the Volkanovski will eat him for lunch. I'm sorry. Like, he's just a Volkanovski once weighed 210 pounds. Like, I'm sorry, but like, fair. like you know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't know. I don't see him ever winning the featherweight belt over Volkanovski. And you look at Matt, even like if, like Max Holloway, like would Sohudo beat Max Holloway? I don't know. I think he could. He could, but I'm not sure. Uh, no, I, I just don't want quadruple C to happen because he's just ne- gonna—he's never gonna let that up. Yeah. But I don't blame him. I mean, you're the best combat sports athlete ever already, so <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I can't. I can't really argue with you, showboating. All right, that's all I got. Y'all got anything else? I'm done, my man. All right. We'll see you guys for the preview of UFC 259, Blachowicz versus Adesanya.